Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Of course. Satan uses people. Sometimes he even uses us. We get mad. We refuse to forgive people. And he uses us. But behind all of that, it's Satan and his demon. All of those forces in the heavenly realms. Some things we think it's our wife. It's the boss at work, whatever. Our battle is not against people. Even though they can be used by Satan, it always goes back to Satan and his demonic forces. Have you ever gotten really mad at someone and then had to go back and apologize? Of course you have. Everyone's done it. Did you ever think about the spiritual consequences of your anger? How the person you went off on may now think about Christians or about Jesus? Well, Pastor Mark will be teaching about the importance of not just being angry, but about how you live every aspect of your life. He'll be teaching that because there are only two sides to this spiritual realm, God's and Satan's, which side you choose to work for affects everyone you come into contact with. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 as he begins his message, Defeating Satan by Being Spiritually Dressed in God's Armor. You can turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We'll show you where that is. We're going to be there all day. You really need a Bible to follow through. And you'll see how important that Bible is as we get those Bibles turned to Ephesians chapter 6. We will be starting in verse 10. Now, I'm going to give you a very short intro, just a few key points so that you'll understand how it connects with the passage of Scripture that Paul is teaching us. So, I imagine that many of you, when you got up, you saw this headline in the paper. Here it is. Chicago police announced Monday morning that 66 people were shot, 12 of them fatally, between Friday at 6 p.m. and Sunday, 11.59 p.m. How many of you are glad we don't live in Chicago? I mean, this is amazing, isn't it? You say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm so glad, man, we don't live, we don't have any gang wars, we don't live in any kind of a war zone or anything like that. Uh, If you're a Christian, a Christ follower, We live in a war zone. It's very different than this physical war zone. It is a spiritual war zone, and we're fighting a deadly battle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And that battle will last until you and I go to heaven. So how do we win that? You see, many Christians even don't go like, really? Come on. No, you have to understand, it's a real battle. And when you see what Paul's going to teach us, 
we learn today how to defeat the enemy, which is Satan and his demons, in that battle. Look at verse 10. Finally, Paul says, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. What Paul is reminding of us is simply this. Without God's power, we're no match for Satan. God is God. Everybody else other than God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are created beings. Satan is a created being. He's not equal to God. But Satan is more powerful than you and me. We are no match for Satan. That's why Paul says, be strong in the Lord and his power. Now, here's the good thing. Satan is weaker than God. Could I hear an amen right there? Now, if you're not a Christian, that's not much of an amen there for you because there's an issue. You're in the wrong team. But God always defeats Satan. But I can't defeat Satan in my wisdom, my direction, how many years I've been a Christian. No, it doesn't work at all like that. So I have to be strong in the power of the Lord, which means I have to be continually filled with the Spirit of God. Then look at verse 11. Paul says, put on the full armor, we're going to talk about that today, of God, so that, circle this word in your Bible, you, you can take your stand against the devil's schemes or the strategies of the devil. Now, next thing I want you to write is this. Know that spiritual warfare is real, and I'm going to enhance this one in a moment, and personal. It's real and personal. The battle. What is the battle over? What is Satan trying to do? Well, number one, The foundation of our world designed by God is marriage. One husband, one wife, and children to learn about God in the home. How's Satan doing against the home today? He's destroyed many homes. So remember, that's his goal. He wants to destroy the foundation of our society that God made the home. The battle is over our effectiveness to win the lost. Many, many Christians don't want to ever go share their faith. Pastor Mark, that's not my gift. I'm too, man, I can't be bold like that. No, that's wrong. We'll see that in the armor that we put on. But ultimately, since your body, soul, and spirit, every person is, your spirit will live somewhere forever. Your spirit is what Satan's battling. He knows that you're going to live in heaven with God or hell with him forever. And that is the basic battle, the eternal destiny of every single person. Now, remember I asked you to circle the word you. Because some of you, as I talk about this spiritual battle and Paul teaches us, think, well, that's that's Pastor Mark, I know that's you. You're like a head. You're the spirit. You're the pastor. So absolutely, he's after you. But look, I'm just a Christian out here in Christ follower. Forget it. No. We're going to repeat this to your neighbor next to you. And you're going to have to understand this. I'll say it to you right now. I'm in a spiritual battle. How often? And it's what? Now, how do I know it's personal? What did Paul just say? You. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to your neighbor and go like this. I'm in a spiritual battle. Every day, and it, come on, it's, it's personal. 
You'd like to say, well, the battle's all about you. <laughs> no, it's personal. Do you get that? Where you spend eternity, it's not about the other person. It's about you. And so when we look at this battle, I want you to remember that. If I'm going to be effective in this battle, I need to know, as Paul just said, the strategies of Satan. How does he operate? Well, we talked about some of his names. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. He loves to accuse us. He loves to slander us. He loves to condemn us. And he's our adversary. He's the person we're against. Now, one of Satan's most common strategies is to tempt us to sin. Satan loves tempting. He knows how to tempt you. How he tempts you is often different than how he tempts me. He knows us. Jesus had to go through temptation. See, temptation isn't a sin, but giving in the temptation is a sin. So that's his most common strategy. Next, one of Satan's most effective strategies is lying. He's a liar. He cannot, the Bible says, speak the truth. Now, that balance is between God, because the Bible says God in his word is true. And listen, God cannot lie. What a difference. Satan can't tell the truth, and God can't lie. Who would you like to listen to? Well, of course, God. So what is the focus? We know the outcome is about the soul, the spirit, where I'm going to spend eternity. But what is the focus in this battle? It's the word of God. That's what Satan is against. He hates this because that's God's word. That's God's mind. It's all true. Now, it isn't only Satan that's against the word of God. But remember, right in the beginning when Eve was tempted, God said to Eve and Adam, you don't eat from that tree. Just one. Don't eat from there. And you're going to die spiritually and physically. And here comes Satan into the garden. Eve's by herself. And she gets deceived. And the very first thing that Satan says to her is, did God really say that? He was saying, no, God didn't. This is God's word. Doubt God's word is what he was saying. That's not true. It's not true. Then he lies. You'll never die. Total lie. So it isn't just Satan that's after us. It's unbelievers. Our unbelieving world, when I say that this is all true, put this in the New York Times and see what they come up with. By the way, that's the most read newspaper in the world. One million percent liberal, totally against God. Don't believe in the Bible. Don't believe in Christianity. Well, that goes everywhere. People without God like, well, we believe in the New York Times. That's our Bible. Well, that's liberal. One other thing is, I wish I didn't have to say this, but you realize how many places, now we have fantastic churches all over the world, but we have some churches today. There's no use even having this because they say, well, that isn't right. And that isn't right. And that's outgrown. And that can't be from God. I saw an article the other day that the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament was rewritten all these times by people who didn't like what it said. So they just rewrote it. And it was never God's word in the first place. 
Well, I want to say to you a couple of things. Why are they doing this? They're trying to destroy the validity of the Bible and promote man's, quote, intelligence, that they know better than God. Not a chance. They also want to distort the truth through false doctrines. Think of all those false doctrines we have out there. So liberalism is against the word of God. But one day Jesus said this, all the Bible is inerrant, totally without error, and thus we can trust our very lives to the truth of the word of God. Any amens there? Maybe one or two? Okay. What if I can't trust it? Then why are you here? Why am I here? Forget it. We'll go home. It's over with. If I can't trust it, why would I teach it? So look what Jesus says. Some of you understand this principle. If you go to a refrigerator, you ever find something toward the back? (laughs) Oh, I hit home on that baby right there. (laughs) And you look at the date. Ah! You know, and green stuff is flowing out the top of water. It's expired a long time ago, right? You look at that thing and go, what in the world is this? Well, I want you to see this verse. Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word our God will stand forever. There is no expiration date to the word of God. Forever. It's fresh and new as manna was every single day to us. So here's what I want you to write. Put it in your Bible some point. Make the Bible your final authority in every area of life. Don't go to something else. This is how we do life. It's all true. Now, look at verse 12. For our struggle is not against, this battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not about humans but against rulers, against the authorities, powers of the dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. See, when Satan was kicked out of heaven trying to be God, he took with him one-third of the angels who became his demons. So that is our enemy. It's not humans. Of course, Satan uses people. Sometimes he even uses us. We get mad. We refuse to forgive people. And he uses us. But behind all of that, it's Satan and his demon. All of those forces in the heavenly realms. Some things we think it's our wife. It's the boss at work, whatever. Our battle is not against people, even though they can be used by Satan. It always goes back to Satan and his demonic forces. By the way, When one-third of the angels left to become demons, how many does that leave that are still angels? How's your math? How many are left? So God has two-thirds of the angels, and Satan has one-third of the angels who are now demons. Let's see how your math is. Does two-thirds always defeat one-third? Oh, some of you are bad at math right there. Does two-thirds always beat one-third? Come on. How many times? Every single time. So should I be afraid? No. Because whose team are you on? The winning team. God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and all those wonderful angels. Not California angels. Godly angels. Okay. Now, look at verse 13. Therefore, Paul says, in this war, put on the full armor of God. When the day of evil comes... You may be able to stand your ground. 
And after you've done everything to stand, simply stand. Now, Paul was in prison when he wrote this epistle, this letter to the Ephesian church. Paul was seemingly often in prison. And we don't know exactly what happened on this day, but for sure, some of the times that he was in prison, he would be basically handcuffed to a Roman, because he's in Rome here, a Roman soldier. So he would look at that Roman soldier's armor. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit gave him a spiritual application from the armor. And from that, we're going to learn not about, I wouldn't have a helmet on and a sword in my hand and a big shield out here that you can pop things up against. This armor is spiritual. It's not physical. But I want to show you as we go through this, notice this principle. Here's the soldier. We're not going to learn what that armor was all alike. I'm not dressing up like one because it's not physical armor. It's spiritual. We will start with, in a moment, the belt of truth. Now, in those days, and I'll do a little explanation as we go through, but in those days, the belt for the Roman armor, it held everything together. If the belt isn't there, everything falls off down here and all that kind of stuff. It is the foundation. Paul starts with it. That's the foundation of their armor. Next, we're going to talk about, well, the breastplate of righteousness. And then we're going to see as we move through this, not just the belt of truth and righteousness, but we're going to see the shield of faith. And we're going to see the feet of the gospel. And we're even going to stop at the helmet of salvation. Get ready. I want you to write, we're going to look at five pieces of armor, and you can, as you look at it, write it down because it's all spiritual as we go together. Now look at verse 14. Here's the first one. Stand firm then, Paul says, with a belt of truth buckled around your waist. So Paul starts with the order that the soldier would have put the armor on. It starts with the belt of truth, because that's the foundation of the armor. Now, spiritually, the belt of truth is the foundation for your life and my life. What is spiritually the belt of truth? Truth number one always refers to the truth of God's word. This is our foundation. Everything we are and do comes from this, because it's all true. That holds my life together. That's a foundation that can't be diluted, or I will be unsuccessful. I can't doubt some of it and believe others. This is my foundation. But it isn't just about truth. It's not just about this. It's the believer's lifestyle. Understand this. We need to know the truths of the Bible, but we must also obey the truths and live as a real Christ follower. John writes this verse, and we can be sure that we're a real Christian, a real Christ follower, that we, we can be sure that we know him, notice the if, if we obey his commands. Now, since Satan's a deceiver, 
and a liar, he will sometimes come to us and say, you know what? You're a hypocrite. And he's right. Because you have hidden something. You have something in your life and you are trying to keep it a secret from a spouse to kids to a pastor to a good friend, somebody where something that isn't right in your life and you're trying to keep it a secret. Well, now there's a problem with that because what Paul's saying is a hypocrite doesn't live with truth. A hypocrite is not a real Christ follower. Now, I have no idea if any of you have something that's a secret that you have hidden from somebody. Sometimes it's unforgiveness. You just refuse to forgive that person. They don't even know it, but you hold it in your heart. Somebody recently talked to me, and I could tell as they talked there was unforgiveness. And see, that's a secret. That's not truth. You say, well, they don't really deserve to be forgiven. Do you and I deserve to be forgiven? No, the Bible says I'm to forgive as God forgave me. How did he forgive me? No strings attached, my friends. So you need to make that right. Let me share you. We must be a person of godly character. That's real truth. Now, one of the things that will shock people is this. Jesus in Matthew chapter 7 says this. All these people come to him and said, we've done miracles, we've done this, we've done this, we did this. They look like from the outside, they're a real believer. Fantastic. You know what Jesus said to them? You went through the religious things, but I never knew you. I never had a real relationship with you. And then he said words you would never want to hear. Depart from me. It was too late. It was a judgment. They're gone. All the way up until their end, they were a hypocrite. They looked good. They did many good things. But down inside, they weren't real. Can I challenge you to be real? You know, from the Bible in the Old Testament, we have this amazing story of a man after God's own heart, King David. Remember, committed adultery, killed Bathsheba's husband, murdered him, and then for one year sat and refused to admit he had a secret. He was miserable. He was useless for the whole year. Nothing was right in his life. He thought he had hidden it from everybody. Well, he hid it from a lot of people. How many know you can't hide anything from the all-knowing God? So God sends Nathan, a prophet, to him. And finally, David, let me read you. He repents. He's probably thinking, what a stupid person I was to hold this all this year. Let me read you what he says. God created me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit in me. So here's the first thing I want you to write of the five armors that we're going to talk about. Number one, write it down. Put on the belt of truth. Notice personal again. I am living the life of truth. I'm a person of integrity. What you see in me is not perfect, but it's real. What you see in me is real. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark taught about the concept of spiritual as opposed to physical warfare. You learned that this realm is where God and Satan battle. You also found out that you are involved in this battle, whether you realize it or not. That you're on one side or the other, whether you want to be or not. That battle has already been won by God. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching Defeating Satan by being spiritually dressed in God's armor. He will talk more about this battle that you are involved in. You'll find out more about the personal nature of this war, that Satan is targeting you for destruction. You'll learn that God has given you protection from the devil and what form that protection takes. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Blessed. It's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is given